everyone, welcome to the third episode of Literaturistic. I've noticed that I keep saying hello and I hate it, so I'm saying hey this time. Um, so in this episode, we're gonna talk about young adult, which is, I think, a very fun subject to talk about because there's a lot to be said about it, especially how the genre gets treated in the community, you know? Before we start talking, Alifa, what are you reading today uh, or this week? The past couple of weeks, I haven't really picked up any book that's like outside of the school curriculum oh yeah we're both reading yeah. the memory police right memory police. Well, thanks for putting us in a group together so far it's been great yeah i, I appreciate it but you like the book so far do you yeah i think it's really interesting because i i don't really read that kind of book it's interesting because i do like this kind of style of writing like there's something about this book that's so easy to just sink into oh yeah i guess also the other book that i was reading was perempuan for Oh, nice. Yeah. I did finish it. Dude, it took me so long to finish that little small book, but I finally <laughs> finished it. What do you think of it? I think it's really interesting, but very unfiltered, you know? Yeah, yeah, it's very like, it's just pretty much like full on all the way through, you know? Like there isn't like a moment where you can just take a breath, you know? I guess personally, I thought that the writing was a little repetitive in some parts, but then again, I think that may be like the point, you know, the author's way of showing that what the character is going through is basically a cycle that she can't escape, you know? But anyways, um, <laughs> back to young adult. Moving on. Um, so we're talking about young adult today, and I think I feel like people outside the book community don't really know the stereotypes that people who read YA have. We're here to tell you all about it because I have a lot to say about it. What's your general stance on the genre? Personally, I read, I, I do read like a lot of young adult because it's so easily accessible. And so mm. like, it's not hard to get into. It's probably like the genre that we're all the most like acquainted with. Mostly I read a lot of young adult fantasy. And, and it's like very popular, right? So it's, it's very easy to come across it. I feel like all of us probably have, you know, that one young adult romance book that's like our little <laughs> guilt pleasure or whatever. Yeah, definitely. Oh my God. You know, the only romance I've ever read, I cried on and I was like, oh, I don't really like young adult. I don't really like romance. But I read one young adult romance book and I started crying. It was, it was great. I feel like I don't really have any strong opinions on young adults. I do read a lot of it, but it's not something I actively seek out. And do you have a favorite young adult book? Yes. I feel like almost all of my favorite books are young adult. Oh, where do I start? I love The Raven Cycle. I've talked about it so much. I will not yeah. shut up about that book series. If you've listened to our other podcast episodes you will know that she loves raven cycle yeah oh my <laughs> god i'm holding myself back from just gushing about this book but i think we should we should have probably started with like giving a few examples of young adult <laughs> books uh for example you know the hunger game series a very well-known young adult book and then there's the divergence like anything john green writes right? yeah that, that's all young adult and you know there's a lot of freely i guess my personal like some of my personal favorite young adult books would be the six of crows duology yeah, and shadow and bone trilogy show is coming out april guys go watch it yeah, uh, oh my god have you seen like you, posters that they posted so excited for that show and yeah, once again we are we have derailed <laughs> from the soundtrack if you guys don't know there's these book series that we both love and it's being turned into a netflix show it's coming out in april do yourself a favor and just search it up it's called the shadow and bone trilogy or like show i guess and it's gonna be amazing so you know please <laughs> Go check it out. So I guess we should also, you know, before we delve too deep into the topic, discuss some, you know, what are stereotypes or certain tropes that are, you know, very popular in young adult. Yeah. 
it's important to note that not all stereotypes are bad. And not all tropes are bad. I feel like why people think stereotypes are bad is because it's a sign of quote-unquote bad writing, you know? Like, oh, you're just following this other author when maybe that's not even the case because some stereotypes are true, you know? And they're not always inherently bad. And yeah, that's the same thing for tropes, right? There's a lot of like, for example, the love triangle trope or it's a very old trope that so many people have, you know, done over and over again. But I don't think that, although it is pretty, like, I find it pretty boring nowadays, it is, like, I guess if an author is able to bring something new to the table or just, like, make a well-written of their own version of that trope, then, like, what's wrong with it, right? It's not bad writing. Okay, let's talk about, like, our favorite young adult tropes. Or maybe, like, our quote-unquote guilty pleasures. Okay, I really, really love found family. I think it's just something in me that's, like, I really want a platonic soulmate, you know? I long for that group of friends that I can live to my death with. And, yeah, I just, oh, I want to have, like, a found family trope in real life so bad, you know? <laughs> like, maybe you could give a few examples of, you know, where you can find that trope? Well, I've said it, but you can find it in The Raven Cycle. And I think Six of Crows also counts as found family. Oh, yeah. Totally. So we should also explain Pam Family, I guess it's where uh, the characters get to find, you know, a group of friends or people around them and they become family, right? That's the, the basis. I feel of like it. it's also very solidified if their actual blood-related family, they don't really have a good relationship with them. So they finally found the people that they're actually family with. And uh, it's just like so rewarding. Um, What's your favorite trope or maybe even stereotype? I guess I'm not sure if I do have a favorite trope like I can't really think of anything right now that's like I don't know like a favorite trope but I guess then I should just delve into some tropes that I like often read or find in books it would probably be that kind of like chosen one trope for me I don't think that it's like favorite trope but I do find it a lot in the books I read I think there's a lot of fantasy books especially that have this trope the main character maybe coming into a power that they previously have not known right and that's basically like what happens in the Shadow and Bone series right Okay, I feel like that trope is very common in like fantasy. Now I'm thinking of how can you use a chosen one trope that's not in a fantasy story? Because I can't really think. I think of it's how to do pretty that. like I don't know unique to dystopians and fantasy. And I guess my point is like you know you see those books and they're not bad books even if they do have like tropes that have been you know tried and true and whatever. And it's like just because a book follows a certain trope doesn't mean it's bad. I think it it would be easy to get bored of the trope. Sometimes if I read like an adventure book or like something like that and a romance is a subplot, I'm like, oh my god, I don't care. Let's just get this over with, you know? <laughs> I guess then we should maybe talk a little bit about the tropes that we oh, personally sure. don't like. Well, I, I guess feel like the tropes that I don't like are all problematic. The bad boy and good girl, the not like other girls characters, or maybe even Mary Sue's. I cannot stand love triangles. The thing is, I can see how a well-written love triangle could be like if the author is able to bring depth and actual, you actually feel for the characters sort of thing. But like a lot of love triangles, they're so, they just get thrown in there for no absolutely good reason beyond just like, oh, two hot gu white guys are in <laughs> girl you know like that's I it like, like, that's I it. love how that's your example because like in nearly every single book that's always the case it's the Mary Sue character or the not like the other girls sort of character with the two other like you know hotties or whatever <laughs> it's so overdone but you know like it's just the way that it's written like the way I see it being written all the time is just that same narrative I don't know it just feels like it was just an afterthought that was you know only written to make drama and it doesn't really bring much 
Jeff into the story, which is why I just like dislike it so much. A good example to this bad like trope is um, Paper Princess by Erin Watts, if I'm not mistaken. It's not very popular, but it's really bad. I, it's not even like a love triangle. It's like a love hexagon. It's between five people. <laughs> I think it has a bad boy, good girl trope. So there is like a power See, I, dynamic. When it comes to love triangles also, it's always follows that same mold where it's like one of the guys is like a bad boy and the other is like the like good, good guy. Boy. Like there's nothing interesting about it at all, you know? And I guess I'm gonna move on to a different kind of trope, but like oh. also another one that I absolutely kind of, I just dislike is like that trope in a lot of fantasy books where like the main female character is that strong badass girl, but then she's like not like the other girls and she's oh, very yeah. like tough girl kind of attitude and she's beautiful, but she hates makeup or she hates being feminine and she's always, she's always for some reason pitted against the other girls and I feel that usually those sorts of characters they're always there and it's like it feels like it's just for like male validation yeah I feel like we should explain a little bit because I feel like most people don't really know what Mary Sue's are um basically Mary Sue's are female characters that is very not really stereotypical but they usually have a very tragic past and you know it, it's very romanticized in a way it's just not realistic at all because it's like oh even though she has a very tragic past and like these traumatic events happen to her she's still like the strong badass that she is and i feel like the male equivalent of that is gary seuss which is i think is like really funny that's so funny i guess yeah it's always that kind of tomboyish girl who doesn't care about what anybody thinks of her but then she cares about what this one guy thinks of her <laughs> oh, yeah. oh my god it's so boring you know it's so boring to read about that and i guess like i don't know like for some reason this trope is so easily found in fantasy books like what was that example like a court oh a court of thrones and roses yeah a lot of people have mentioned it before that the main character is very much like fits that trope of you know the tough girl who's beautiful but she's like effortlessly beautiful you know she doesn't do anything yeah. to maintain it she doesn't care about it but she's beautiful and you know you should remember that because she's beautiful and then <laughs> it's like i don't know like it's so exhausting and because it's also like these characters are always for some reason putting down other girls who yeah, are, I feel like that's are feminine like, that is also like the not like other girls oh wait just to explain a little bit like the not like other girls characters are usually like these women who pride themselves on not being stereotypically girly and feminine but also with being like that they also put down the right. concept of femininity itself you know right, like you know they look down on other girls and it's so funny man yeah it's usually well it doesn't really get portrayed in books but they usually just seek for male validation because they're like they're always like oh look i'm different and you know i don't care about your feelings but like i kind of sort of do because i like you as a lovely <laughs> and then the yeah. guy it's oftentimes when the guy's like oh yeah you're you're not like the other girls oh, you're different you're different because you're a tomboy but like you're beautiful like, but you don't try you know you don't use makeup like it's those sorts of characters that make you want to like rip your hair out because honestly it does have a sort of negative impact to what people view as you know being feminine or what's yeah. it's like it affects how people view themselves also right because it's such a weird like area of you're trying to like encourage girls to be you know strong and stand up for themselves but at the same time you're putting down girls who other are women for not being like that the other women who are you know maybe they like makeup you know maybe they like being feminine or whatever and that's like it's ridiculous to me you know and, yeah, I, guess... and I feel like with these examples it also kind of i guess give an example to what the girls that read that book think 
they should act in a way because oh you know like this not like other girls characters always gets the girl sorry gets the man at the end i switch it up yeah. always gets the man at the end and i i just like to use the sword but like a lot of these characters are just so edgy for the sake of yeah. being edgy you know also i think i, I guess for, from personal experience i feel like i was sort of like somewhat affected by this in a way in, in the sense that i guess i didn't want to be like that sort of like oh you know yeah. too like feminine or yeah, whatever oh my God. so you kind of overcompensate for with other things you know that and then you end up thinking oh yeah those other girls like oh they're so like oh being feminine is so gross whatever you know the main thing to highlight is that like, these things they perpetuate the idea that you know you can't be a strong female character without being feminine like they have to like get rid of their femininity yeah but also i feel like another side of quote-unquote now being like other girls is being nerdy because it's always <laughs> like oh like oh i read a lot of books oh and other girls don't read books and somehow that makes them superior for some reason and it's i feel strange. like this is very this is very contradictory to i guess your experience on you know being affected by this trope because well personally i've been like very feminine like okay i love dressing up i love wearing makeup on the outside externally someone who is very you know like feminine and i'm okay with that i like wearing makeup all of those things but i also love reading books and it doesn't mean that i can't be smart you know it is kind of implied that if you're pretty or if you care about what you look like you're not smart and you're a bimbo you know and it's very yeah, it's strange because like as you say it does like i guess as we've been talking about throughout this entire discussion it's like these tropes or stereotypes they can be harmful to the people who are reading them because it makes you have these ideas that oh to be this kind of person you can't be like this and when people are when authors are trying to portray characters that you know a lot of people look up to but then you know hey if you were this this or this then you can't be that or you know this character looks down on people who are like that that can like really affect the way you see yourself and the way you see others in a really like negative way yeah and also i have been labeled as not like other girls by other people and i absolutely hate it because that implies that i think of myself as a person who is not like other girls even though i am and you know it, it has a very negative connotation you know like i am like other girls and there's nothing wrong with that you know and, in a way these characters they have a sort of complex where they think they're above other girls and i guess that's the main issue i have with it is that these books they kind of they promote these female relationships in a really bad way a lot of times always, always very catty yeah. and yeah, always, always really like catty. fighting over some and guy. they're always like what is it pitting you know a strong female character with like oh this other kind of like oh she's mean she's like she's too feminine she's too she cares too much about her looks so naturally the main like tough girl female character is against her like just it just goes back to the whole you know male validation thing is there any books that you can think of that kind of you know follows these kinds of tropes because i think i could um, i can think of a few i think weirdly enough i can't think of anything um because i read newer books and i feel like people are, are starting to realize that oh my god these types of characters are really really bad and has real life consequences right so i feel like the books that i read nowadays has already like oh okay we're not gonna make that sort of character anymore even if the characters are actually not like other girls they still respect other women who has like a varying degree of femininity if that makes sense right but yeah what about you you know it's gonna i feel like it's gonna surprise some people but i feel like one example i can think of that's like that kind of do fall this trope but it doesn't really show it in a negative way or it doesn't i feel that it doesn't really perpetuate anything really negative or i guess or it kind of shows a new side of it is the hunger games books i feel that the character of katniss everdeen it's she does 
fit that mold of being, you know, a tough girl character, you know, who's cold, who's like really good at, you know, she's really badass, she's good at hunting, stuff like that, right? And then, but in a way, she doesn't conventionally follow that trope. Because, you know, I feel like, you know, in the books, she's not described as being this overwhelming beauty who doesn't try to keep up her appearance, that kind of thing. And she's not, she doesn't have like that easy sense of humor or she's not always sarcastic all the time. And she's like, you know, you can see how her situation affects her, I guess. It's funny, like, I think that she was written in a, like, she's a really well-written character, like, for those books, you know? There's this one book that I could think of that kind of fits this sort of mold and funnily enough it is a book that i did enjoy reading you know this is the kind of you know i see other people who have sorts of criticisms about these books and like i have absolutely no problem with that you know it's interesting to see what other people thought of a book that you liked and um this one reviewer who's on youtube i think it's cindy reads cindy? cindy yeah no sorry not cindy reads i mean read with cindy she commented on this one book that i actually enjoyed reading and it was called god's grave or never night by jay christoph oh i know that i never read that book but i've only watched her review of it and i was like i'm never going to read that book like <laughs> I did read it. Honestly, I did like I read it and I actually I enjoyed the second book more than I enjoyed first one. But for me, because I really enjoyed the world building in those books and I enjoyed the fantasy world around the characters and the story, whatever. But you know, watching that review of you know someone who's very critical of this book, as you said, and it did like give me new perspectives on it because I never really thought about it in this way. And it was that like the character was she really fits that mold of be like, oh, she's like super edgy, not like other girls sorts of kind of thing right and the author is a male author and I think what this reviewer was commenting on was that it felt too much like the author was trying too hard to be edgy with this female character you know like trying to make her this badass kind of character but she's not feminine stuff like that I guess it's interesting to see that kind of review I guess it really does raise some interesting questions because I genuinely have never like the, the criticisms never came to my mind but that was interesting to like listen to Okay, first of all, I feel like I'm very contradictory to you because although I do accept that in my favorite media, there's always going to be a negative aspect and people are definitely free to criticize them. But it just kind of hurts me, to be honest, because that same booktuber also also made a review on The Raven Cycle. And then in the title, she was dissing one of my favorite characters. And I was like, I am never going to watch that video because I'm going to get my feelings hurt. That's, so, that's pretty like, yeah, I do admit sometimes I can't, I can't stand reading or listening to criticism of the book. I really really love but I guess for this one particular review do you remember what she said by the way yeah you mentioned that oh yeah I'm never reading that do you do you remember what she said oh like the specific thing that made or me like, like in general yeah oh my god I think it was like the boob job thing oh yeah <laughs> Oh yeah. Okay, now I remember. Okay, so this book. I should give a little context. Okay, so it's like an assassin book. So the character, to get that revenge, she has to join this cult of assassins, whatever, right? Like, she's badass, whatever. And then, like, in part of the book, she had to undergo some sort of, like, cosmetic surgery. It wasn't really surgery, but it was like she had to, like, change her appearance to be one that was, like, you know, very seductive, very beautiful. And the main criticism, it felt too much like the author was pushing this kind of character that was too how would you describe it <laughs> yeah as i've said it's trying too hard it's like i don't know just because it's written by a man and i don't know why it sounds like a very old man's name so i just think like oh yes this is what the kids will like and he just like he doesn't know anything about teenagers and what they like you know there are some parts in this book that i do admit like the writing was just like what you know what i mean 
<laughs> like what? Yeah. So, you know, like now that I heard those criticisms, now that I understand more about these tropes, it does give me a new perspective. So that was pretty interesting, you know. I feel like another good example of kind of these fantasy stories with uh, female characters that really put down other girls is Handbook for Immortals, which is... Oh mm. my god, that's, I don't think you can even <laughs> okay, read all wait. that. Like, it's not really a book that's like, like okay. a book like, book. <laughs> let me give context to the audience. So basically, long story short, this book has some very bad controversies because the author of the book bought yeah. her own book like so many times she's and then reached like yeah, and then reached like number one wait I think it was like number one book or something and um, because she had that number one spot like the actual good book um, which is The Hate You Give which is like a really really good book that talks about real life racial issues that book didn't get number one but it deserved it so when people when I guess people in the online book community started like knowing of this controversy and what she did people started picking it up and then everyone realized oh my god this book is really really bad like the story didn't make sense and i think the character was like self-insert too yeah the female character was really bad and i didn't read the book myself but i did watch someone else review it this author you know beyond the fact that she scammed her way into the new york you know bestsellers list or whatever it was genuinely such like bad book and i know that sounds really subjective but no it's objectively (laughs) yeah you know what everybody nobody likes this book okay this book alone it just it has all the tropes and all the stereotypes that we just discussed today you know i think at one point she started like fighting another girl for no reason yeah so it has it has a love triangle it has that tough girl not like other girls not like other girls i hate the feminine like oh they try too hard kind of it doesn't make sense it's just not, it, nothing makes sense about that book man and she's like a trapeze trapeze artist or something like that, right? Yeah, she's like she works in like or she does a magic show. That's so funny. Trying to understand more about these kinds of stereotypes and how they're like, this is a very bad example of it, you know? It's a very good example of a badly written book filled with so many like tropes and stereotypes. Oh, and also I feel like another trope that is very prominent that we haven't mentioned is the manic pixie dream girl, which oh, yeah. I think yeah. is not as popular as not like other girls, but I feel like we should also touch on that a little bit. These books are usually in a man's point of view, and this girl is also very different from other girls but they always have that otherworldly traits you know it's like oh i don't care about life let's just live in the moments and usually these girl characters are there to fix the main male character yeah. they don't have their own purpose other than to help the main yeah, character yeah to quote unquote fix them you know yeah, or to like to help the main character live or to you know experience new things and stuff and i guess it's not always girls too because i feel like a lot of the tropes and stereotypes we've been talking about have been you know related to you know female characters i think an, an example of this kind of trope but in a male character would be like Augustus Waters also from a John Green book which is The Vulnerable oh. Star because I feel like he's such a perfect example of a male version of the Manic Pixie Dream Girl trope like yeah. you can't tell Manic me Manic Pixie Dream Boy that's a yeah. thing right come on the whole like oh I put the cigarette between my lips but I don't <laughs> no. it's a metaphor like dude that is such like he is such a good example of this trope like, if you think about it, he didn't really have another purpose or, like, his own purpose in the book other than to serve as Hazel Grace's her emotional development, right? Weirdly enough, I can't think of book example, but I can think of a few film examples because I'm a film student too. <laughs> Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind and then... Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> and then usually people label... Um, uh, I forgot her name, sorry. Uh, the girl from 500 Days of Summer as... Oh, wait, I think her name's Summer. Is it? Oh, my God. I've, I've heard of those criticisms against those characters before yes yeah 
I feel like it's a really interesting branch of not like other girls. Yeah. It's a very specific character. Mm-hmm. John Green, I feel like, really loves this, this kind of character. Have you oh. read of um, Turtles All the Way Down? Oh, I actually did read that book, yeah. Yeah, I, I don't think the main character is um, Manifest so. Dream Girl. I think it's actually really interesting, that book. Because yeah. I, uh, in a way, it's really different from his other books. Right. And I see a lot of people that don't like that book and has a lot of criticism for it. It's a very different take on, I guess, like the whole John Green thing. Also, I just want to add, I feel like this kind of character, they're never the central character. They're always the supporting character, right? Yeah. You know, going back also as example, Tease is another example, like the Paper Towns one. Now that I think about it, it's also an interesting thing because, you know, she had her own purpose, I feel like. Although she did fit this kind of like manic pixie dream girl, in the end, that she wasn't there to like be the guy's girl. In the end, she left because that's what she wanted to do, right? Yeah, I feel like that's very similar to Summer from 500 Days of Summer. They're so quick to label this character as a manic pixie dream girl. At the start, she's already like, oh, I don't want a romantic relationship. But the male character keeps pursuing her. I think that's also the same thing in Paper Towns, actually. Like, in the movie, at least. Like, the girl never actually, like, they never really interacted, like, actually together for a long period of time. You know, I don't think she really, like, showed that she had much of a romantic interest or she wanted to pursue, like, a relationship with the guy, you know? Like, but the guy did pursue her and, like, end up chasing after her. In the end, the girl, you know, the girl told him, like, yeah, I didn't, like, I didn't expect you to do that, you know? I'm doing this because I don't want to be part of that life anymore. I wanted to go and do my own thing, whatever, right? I think it's interesting because I feel like it also goes back to the main male character thinking oh this girl is going to support my story instead of having her own purpose and maybe the authors are trying to kind of make a commentary of you know these male characters expecting the girl to support his story instead of actually having her own purpose in life actually at the start as you said um the girls already have their own purpose in life and they don't want to have this other person I feel like that's also kind of a way to kind of antagonize these female characters and make them seem like the bad guy for not following the guy's expectations. So yeah, I feel like that says a lot. The fact that young adult gets undermined a lot also comes from these not like other girl movement because well, at the start, it's always like, oh, I'm not like other girls because I read books. And as books become more popular, it's, oh, I'm not like other girls because I don't read young adult books. Because young adults are the most popular genre, right? And I feel like, in a way, these girls that put down other girls for reading young adult that's maybe, like, focused on romance or, you know, topics that are not very important or significant. It's a really big discussion where it's, like, young adults, even though it is very loved and praised, there is a very specific group of people that think that they are superior for not reading yeah, your adult, or it's you know? not it's not highbrow enough to be accepted you know to be respected I mean like personally I think that you know just because what something is young adult or something fits a certain trope it doesn't mean that it's badly written people are so quick to put characters into boxes or to put like to stick labels on characters and they just suddenly deem them like oh they're not good characters because they're you know a manic pixie dream girl or they're like you know something like that or like not the other girls or whatever whatever you know it's like it's such a limiting way to kind of look at these books it goes back to like misogyny of course it's because of misogyny oh my god because uh, the main audience for these young adult novels are teenage girls it gets 
girls, yeah. Yeah, I feel like it gets undermined a lot because teenage girls can't enjoy things because oh, they're yeah. always going it to be criticized, it right? It's oh, always been like that, right? For music, books, movies, yeah. anything. Like, really, girls can't enjoy anything. I've seen this kind of meme trend going around on, like, Twitter where it's basically, like, grouping types of girls. And I feel like I saw eight types of girls. And it's like, why do you want to put these people into boxes? Because, I don't know, like, I can dress femininely and I can also like reading books and some nerdy stuff. I don't have to be one sort of way, you know? I don't know. I feel like historically and socially still, men still have the upper hand in most communities because kind of rare to see men in online book communities, right? In a way, they're more, their opinions are more respected. It's just like one person's opinion. At least those those kinds of stereotypes or those kinds of like ways of thinking have been so like deeply ingrained into like the minds of you know girls or women that effect of that misogyny and stuff, right? Also, I can tell that both of us feel very strongly about this (laughs) because we were like talking over each other. Let people enjoy what they want to enjoy, you know, because young adult is popular for a reason, you know, because it's good, because it has a lot of varieties, because there's young adult fantasy, there's young adult romance, there's young adult dystopia, and like, it's such a big field to work and consume, you know? When I got into reading at first, I started reading like a lot of young adult uh, dystopian books. I started, you know, those kind of Hunger Games, Divergent. I read all of those books and I read, you know, young adult fantasy books. And it's so interesting to see people just immediately kind of write off these books as just like oh they're just you know another young yeah, adult yeah, girly totally. thing and they're suddenly it's like they don't have any more meaning or they can't really be respected purely because you know that they're young adults and a lot of girls like them it's such a strange thing there's nothing wrong with having like a mainstream reading taste you know why do as a society wants to hate on you know things that are popular so much they're popular for a reason and if you do enjoy things that are popular there's nothing wrong with that nowadays because people are more aware of these sorts of issues or at least they're more aware of the kind of stereotypes or tropes are present in books i think a lot of authors have been steering away writing characters who are like who follow a certain trope in a really negative way and i think that's really you know that's cool to see but of course there's still a lot of books out there that you know i don't think like authors intentionally write characters who are like like negative stereotypes or tropes in a negative way i think it's more like how it's also normalized authors don't realize that what they're putting out can be negative right basically like the media shapes the viewers minds and you know especially in entertainment media it kind of makes me question whether or not as you've said like these writers like make toxic characters on purpose or if they think that it is healthy but just never really put their mind into it this is a very you know this is a big genre you know there's a lot of different stereotypes a lot of different tropes that are attached to this genre but you know as readers that we are aware of the things that we're reading you know we are aware of uh you know whatever negative stereotype or whatever negative thing is being pushed into like the books we read and I think it's important that we also realize that like well-written characters they're not two-dimensional you know it's important to remember from like all of this discussion that you can read whatever you want to read oh yeah that's, that's the most important thing yeah like, just read what makes you you can enjoy whatever you want to enjoy even if it's like quote-unquote bad romance go read what you want just don't let it get to your head that be, aware, be aware you know sometimes if a book is kind of promoting toxic relationships do you want to support an author who writes these sorts of relationships yeah. you know romanticize it or who glamorizes it a lot of people don't really talk about that in real life is like 
indie authors can write really good books. And I think that's a topic all in its own. And I think that's also important to, you know, realize that a lot of times a book can reflect what an author believes. But, you know, you have to be very aware at this day and age, I guess. Oh, um, I think, like, another point that we haven't touched on is um, minority in young adult fiction. Okay, there's, like, this really popular author called Sarah J. Maas. And before recording this, I read an essay of, like, all, all of the harmful stereotypes that she writes about minorities. And this is, like, a really, really popular author, too. I think, if I'm not mistaken, uh, the person who wrote the essay is also her fan, I think, a, a fan of her books. And, you know, it's important to hold these authors and books accountable, you know? I do, I guess, kind of confess that some of the books that I read has some problematic aspects of it. I'm sorry to keep mentioning the secret history, but it does have some very problematic aspects, and I do know that that is something that I shouldn't glorify or romanticize, you know? We have a sort of responsibility because the books that we decide to popularize today will be the trends of tomorrow, you know? If we keep glorifying and romanticizing these unhealthy topics, then it will continue on to the future, and if we decide to shine a spotlight on the good ones, then that will be popular, and it will further develop the way authors structure and make their stories. Also, I feel like the one trope that you'll see really often is like a minority character who is Islam. She has all these problems, yeah. but it's fixed by the white boy. and the- It's a very well-known trope, I think, and there's a lot of books like that where it's like characters who are people of color, who are going through certain situations or issues, and suddenly who makes them feel better and stuff like that is a white character, and it's always... It's like the white savior trope. Yeah, it is that. It's such a big trope in young adult, too. It- characters of color have kind of weird relationship with these white savior characters, because I feel like people are starting to romanticize white people. <laughs> okay, there's like this one, I guess, very common phrase, I guess, on Twitter is like, white man's whore, and it's usually used by people of color who put especially like white boys in a very high pedestal. Even myself, to be honest, I still like men of color. Oh my god, why am I talking about this? Okay, <laughs> It's very weird because most of these writers are like white. Why do they always write like a person who saves the day as like the white person? Also, that's, so- the that's the thing with like interracial relationships in media, right? Oh it's yeah, like, that's the whole thing. different thing on its yeah. own, you know? A lot of the popular uh, young adult romances that do feature people of color, they have relationships between, you know, like there's a white character and then there is a person of color. It always has that sort of dynamic, right? Yeah, it's so interesting because I keep noticing that the main character or usually the perspective that you read the story on is usually the person of color. Meanwhile, their love interest is the white person. So I'm wondering, does the author know that most of the readers are diverse and they're not always white? So does giving them a white love interest kind of plays into that kind of fantasy of having like a white significant other? Also, remembering the fact that most of these authors are white and because we spend so much time in the main character's head, we start to romanticize the white love interest and does the author do that on purpose in order to, I guess, make them the dominant race, if that makes sense? That was probably too extreme, but you know what I mean, right? Because the main character romanticizes this love interest so much. Does it make us think that white people are the desirable one? Oh, they're the perfect, conventionally attractive one. Meanwhile, the white love interest has to quote-unquote settle for the person of color. That directly feeds like what I said with white man's horror, right? So maybe this isn't in every media that has an interracial couple, but the person of color is usually the more tough and I guess, how do I say this, more strong character. Meanwhile, the white one is yeah, always like... Smart, it starts to, I guess, go south when you start romanticizing these tropes because right. um, I think uh, we were going to talk about cichlids. 
I think that's a pretty shady kind of gray area of like, is this okay? Because like, it's so weird how a lot of these sorts of books that feature a sick character who's, for example, going through cancer or who has some sort of rare disease and it's like- Or like from terminal illness, right? Yeah, yeah, they, they're terminally ill, they're, they might die or something like that, right? And then in these sorts of books, there's always like, there's character, the romantic interest, who's gonna save the day or who's like, come in and make everything better. And it's like the person they've never known like life or they've never known happiness before. or even i feel like it can also be the opposite like the sick character just it's just someone who's like oh you only live once so i'm gonna live as fully as i can right now because i don't have a future it's, yeah it's, so it's usually the female character who's sick and then they meet a character like a, another white boy character who comes <laughs> in and who like inspires them to do all these things and be oh, like i want to um, live oh <laughs> dude what's that uh, the sun is also a star or is it everything everything i think i got it mixed everything up. everything dude yeah, okay everything. i read the book and oh how i dislike it it very much like captures that trope of she's a person of color has like a rare disease uh you know spoiler cover your ears she doesn't it's all, it's all stupid plot twists that it's not really good at all anyway so there she meets a character a boy who like who makes her realize that how she's been living isn't really living and so she does all these stupid things and try to get herself killed that might kill her you know like i dislike this trope so much because it, it promotes a really strange mindset these female characters oh i'll do anything for this boy you know i will yeah. risk my life to be with Just this boy me. and it's like like what it's so strange man it's, yeah and also I feel like it also directly links to the romanticization of, I guess, disability, you know? You know, like, they're not realistic. The experience of actually being terminally ill is they never portray, like, realistically what actual people, you know, going through cancer or going through chemo or whatever, they never show, like, you know, quote-unquote, the ugly parts of it. You know, they never show anything, like, physically or mentally even sometimes. They never really show the parts where it's, like, it doesn't fit a certain, maybe, aesthetic kind of thing, you know what I mean? Also, I I feel like it really makes romance an importance, you know? Because it's like, oh, I'm gonna meet this person and I'm gonna fall in love and my life is finally going to be fulfilled. When in reality, you don't have to fall in love with someone to live to your fullest, you know? It again goes back to like, it promotes sort of really negative things, especially towards, you know, the young, impressionable female audience, right? a book we touched on uh, turtles all the way down it can maybe be categorized oh, yeah. as cichlids but um the main character is actually like mentally ill i think she has ocd she has or, ocd i think that book is actually a good example of this trope because it's actually portrayed in a good way at least for me because it is shown that oh the this character isn't perfect and i think she almost kind of depends on her best friend instead of the love interest so apparently like john green himself actually does have ocd and i think that's why maybe people like actually did like the portrayal of ocd should authors write about experiences they themselves have not? Well, this is a film example. I don't know why I keep mentioning films in this episode. There's this director, Sofia Coppola, if I'm not saying her name wrong. She is a white woman and almost all of her movies are all about white women. And I think people have publicly criticized her of not writing about women of color. And what she said was, because I am a white woman, I don't want to misrepresent women of color, you know? I think it's very valid because there is that sort of fear of not wanting to misrepresent this group of minority. But also, can't you like try a little bit harder? Because you're in in a position of privilege right because you're already famous we'll talk about that in the future yeah, I the podcast has been you know, going on for a while now and i think yeah i guess we should talk about our recommendations this episode right yeah, sure uh, since we're talking about young adults uh we're of course going to be recommending some young adult books for you guys and this is a pretty like big genre we could recommend a couple of books from different subgenres. uh if you guys want to read a young adult romance book the something that's like pretty light fun to read or whatever is uh, a book 
thought is, I have two actually. The first one is something just a little bit more, just lighthearted. It's called Geekerella, a modern retelling of Cinderella. And it's just really, if you like fandom culture, if you like comics, uh, it's a really fun book to read. And the other recommendation for a young adult romance, Eliza and Her Monsters. Oh yeah, that book. I've heard so much good things about that I, book. I really, really loved reading this book. I actually, I cried. Because <laughs> I think it has really like strong portrayal of mental health. It was really interesting to see the dynamics of this character with the main, the male love interest. Basically, the book follows the main girl, Eliza, who is a, a really popular but anonymous comic writer. And the love interest, who's this boy, like the most popular fan fiction writer oh of her God. comic. If you want to read nice young adult romance book with like uh, themes of mental health, I recommend it. But I do have a trigger warning or a warning in general for like suicidal thoughts and anxiety and yeah, mental illness. So be warned. Mm. But it's a really good book. I also have a recommendation of young adult fiction that kind of touches on mental health but is also cyclic. Um, it's called Nowhere Near You by Leah Thomas. It's actually not that popular which is very sad wow. because I <laughs> actually also never heard of that book. So it's about um these two characters who are both physically disabled and basically they write letters to each other and it's just like very heartwarming because they're always there for each other. Also this one character is going through a lot because this is the first time he's going to an actual public school. It's the first time he's not homeschooled and he finally goes out and yeah, it's just a very good representation of cichlids and I think it has such a strong friendship between the two main characters and I think I started tearing up too because oh my god I probably shouldn't say this it's a big spoiler but yeah the end is like really good and it doesn't focus on the romance at all yeah I really like it. Another recommendation that I have is actually kind of fantasy adventure type of book. It is called The Lady's Guide to Petticoats and Piracy. That title is a mouthful, by the way. <laughs> um, this book is actually the sequel to the first book, which is The Gentleman's Guide to Citizen Virtue. I really, really love this sequel because, because I relate so much to the main character and it's just so good. So basically, this book is set in like the 17th century, so it's like a very long time ago. And we follow this woman called Felicity who is very goal-oriented. She wants to be a doctor but everywhere she goes she isn't taken seriously because she is a woman because she's very goal-oriented and she's very like oh this is my passion and i will do anything to reach it she is kind of selfish in her ways but then she goes on a kind of adventure with her childhood friend and because her childhood friend is very feminine and it's basically very different from felicity you know it's just very fun because it's an adventure novel and and yeah these characters get into like trouble together and they have to somehow get out of it also it has a lot of like muslim representation and i think in this one it's actually really good about I guess kind of not like other girls culture and it's a very light read at least for me it is kind of long but it's very light kind of comedy-ish go read that if you want so, so yeah we recommended a lot of books so I guess that's it for this episode go look out for Shadow and Bone because that's something that we're both really is oh, like, yeah, this is very us. excited just, about I just want to promote this show and this book because it is so good like I will yeah, never stop also, talking like about this book it shouldn't go uh, unmentioned the fact that the cast is very diverse like I think the main character oh, yeah. is an Indian woman and I saw one of my friends who is Indian talked about how it meant so much to her to have like, you know like a brown female lead and yeah it's just really good all in all yeah but anyways this was a long episode because we have a lot to say about it and I feel like at some points I get like really riled up but you know I'm passionate yeah. about it you know this is a very big topic to kind of go through I guess and we hope that you didn't get bored and thank you so much for you know sticking to the end <laughs> <laughs> bye thanks for listening see you, you. thank you bye